What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome to uh, welcome to the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Um, just to let you guys in on what's going on over here in the studio, we're having some technical difficulties. Well, I should say I am um, with some of the recording and, um, and FaceTime stuff. So we're going to jump right into it. Not that we want to cut the podcast short, but we really want to get to the important matter of the day. You know who the sponsors are. The meat Go and check potatoes. Them out. The meat, the potatoes. Go get a or, green you know, shirt. For you, <laughs> yes, for you vegans out there, the uh, the broccoli and the hummus. Yeah, the, the, the legumes. And the hummus, the tempeh. Do you like tempeh? Do you ever do any? Do you ever mess with any? Yeah, of I love stuff? tempeh. Tempeh is good. You ever do that yeah, Beyond I, I Burgers? Yeah, I fuck with vegan food. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they have just as many calories as normal hamburger. It's all yeah. salt. <laughs> it is, isn't it? But salt I still fucks theme. with it, though. Um, Man, I'm, I'm bi-curious when it comes to food, dude. I'm bi-curious. <laughs> Vi- vi-curious? Veg-curious? Veggie-curious? Sure. I mean, yeah. a burger's I'm a burger. bisexual. Wait, no, because I'm... Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Doesn't matter if it's uh, yeah. You could put, even put a portobello mushroom there. I'll fuck with that. I don't. I'm crazy. I like that portobello mushroom with like sweet potato bun. I don't know. Yeah. So we are on the second letter of the alphabet. That's letter B, and mm-hmm. um, B. B is for broken, which Bombs is a great over Baghdad. <laughs> is a great um. Nine Inch Nails EP from like '94 or something like that that I really enjoyed. I don't know if you weren't a Nine Inch oh, Nails yeah. fan, were you? Really? Yeah. It was really hard. It was like it was way more metal than it was electronic. Um, but broken. I like Pretty Hate Machine, dude. That's yeah. kind of where I stopped, dude. That's but yeah. Yeah, that's a good place to stop. I mean, that's still you got some cred for liking Pretty Hate yeah. Machine. Um, I stopped after a downward spiral. Yeah, Pretty Hate Machine's dope. <laughs> so. That's what I was going to say. I, I had a friend who loved all that, and I was like, I can't go after This is, I don't know, is this guy ever going to get over his girlfriend dumping him, or is he going to continue to stay broken? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So broken. Yeah. The idea that um, in recovery or in, in active alcoholism that we are somehow broken or flawed, and and. I think that for me, there definitely were things that I did break in my life. And I was writing in my journal this morning and trying to figure out like what that meant, what broken meant and what um, like what was broken. Was I broken from the get go? Like we talk about our our alcoholic brain and that we're wired that way and that we're wired wrong mm-hmm. in some way, or at least it can be perceived like that. 
Um, but I mean, when does when does the broken part start? Does it start as a kid, like when you were a kid and you felt you know that idea of feeling left out or feeling um, weird? or uncomfortable in your own skin does that make you broken or does that just make you different and does there have to be this this are we are we just humans you know is it just another of the nine billion people on the planet right now and all the people who have ever lived right how many different ways has a human brain um, come into existence, you know, does it have to be, it's just one of mm-hmm. a billion different ways that these things can go. And we just happen to share this one particular trait. That's kind of, uh, a little funny to deal with sometimes, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. did you, did yeah. you always feel broken? Did you always feel there wasn't any one thing where, you know, like you don't trace it back to, any sort of childhood trauma or mental, you know, mental, no. mental disorder. Right. You just always felt a little yeah. out of place. Yeah, but I be, think that's pretty common, right? I hear it all the mm-hmm. time. I hear it constantly. Mm-hmm. I think everybody feels out of place. Even the people who are in place feel out of place. I think that's a huge common denominator between alcoholics and non-alcoholics, you know? Maybe the alcoholic mind tends to focus more on the fact that they feel out of place. But I don't know. I can't speak for the non-alcoholic mind. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but I feel like in those common stories, the one thing that we all found to be able to compensate for that feeling was alcohol or a substance or a repetitive action, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think I would assume that the non-alcoholic would try to find a positive way to uh, reconcile with that feeling, you know? But I mean, I hear it all the time. Every time people talk about their history or they share, they always say, I felt out of place. My dad said he always felt like a like out of place and a loner. And this is a man I know who's incredibly social. You know, he knows all the right shit to say and he doesn't, he says shit that I would feel so corny saying because I'm so self-aware. I mean, I'm not saying he's unaware. I'm just saying I'm so hyper self-aware that I couldn't pull some of this shit off that he says to people. And he's like, does it all the smile and he's great at it. And people love him very gregarious. And, and I just always felt the opposite of that, you know? So to be able to share that sentiment about being in the world like that with him was really interesting. Um, So that's, that's, I don't know, but I don't think there was one instance confidence, right? But then confidence could also be a mask. You know, I don't, not to analyze my old man. I'm pretty sure he probably does that enough on his own, you know, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, did you, do, can you, I mean, can anyone honestly trace it all back to one event? I mean, do you have like an origin story or something? It's, no, that's a good I'm question. I, I'm, <laughs> if, no, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Is there an origin story for, because mm-hmm. there's certainly the, the, the redemption part of the story is, is in the process right now, right? You know? Um, right, right. If I were to put it to, I mean, I think for me, it was, coming into the world um, to parents who weren't ready for me, right? I don't believe right. yeah. if, you asked, if you asked my parents, were they ready to raise a child? They didn't know what that meant. And I, I, don't, I don't say it with any sort of like blame or fault put anywhere. Um, so right. when that happens, now you have two people who are just trying to figure shit out, which is hard enough as it is. It's hard being a human. Um, and uh, do you ever listen to uh, this is just a quick aside. Do you ever listen to Tom Papa? 
the comedian. I've heard I've heard of him, yeah. Go check out his latest work, and I just saw him on stage the other night, and it was great. And he talks a lot about being human and how it's uh-huh. okay to be flawed. But um, it's uh, my parents were were just trying to get through life, and then and and organize being together, let alone having a child. So then, whoops, here we go. John's coming, and um, so I imagine yeah. that in some ways they did the best they could, and that was flawed like everything like everyone else so i imagine that my origin story comes from being born to people who weren't ready to raise me and so and if you go back to that and back and at the further back you go i feel like and i you you hear this in some circles about you know we talk a lot more about ptsd and we talk a lot more about childhood trauma these days and we talk a lot more about um the phrase ancestral trauma have you heard this one do you know this one no uh you did pique my interest though (laughs) ancestral trauma so basically saying that the stuff that you deal with today the pain the suffering the anxiety the depression goes back farther than just your parents this is something that has been passed on passed on or generational trauma i should say even ancestral probably at that point so that it's it's compounded within you this all those feelings of feeling uncomfortable that was that was shared that was given to you on some level by your parents and by their parents and their parents and their parents and so on and so forth um and it's all been put into you and so a lot of people don't know what to do with that you know i don't i didn't know what to do with that until i was given some uh-huh. tools to to at least try to sort that out and at least try to have an idea about what's going on in my own head. Um, so I think yeah. that that's part of my origin story is is parents who who didn't know what they were doing and did the best they could, and it was extraordinarily flawed and caused you know us kids, my brother and I, a lot of pain and suffering. And mm-hmm. when you are young and you don't have when I was young and I didn't have the tools you find what you can and all of a sudden that everyone not everyone but a lot of people a lot of stories go I found this magic elixir and then everything was fine well not everything was fine for me but I didn't have to feel the things that were bad I remember our friend um, uh, our, our, our skinny friend uh, we'll just put it that way because I don't want to yeah. blast him about things. But I remember him telling me he worked some he was working some shitty bar gig that he wasn't too stoked about, and it was like some trailer on the fucking west side of Eugene. Do you remember this? He was like, oh tabs. yeah, it was like I a know, casino exactly. in the back the or something. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah no, and so was, he used uh, to tell me uh, it depended on which bar it was, but I was a regular <laughs> in both those bars. But yeah, in both those. So at one point he yeah. told me that. He would take like it was either Percocet or what's the other one Vicodin? I can't remember which one he was he was Vicodin, fond of. I yeah. think it was Percocet. And he was like, "The thing about Percocet, man, when I'm working the bar, like everything could be going wrong, and I just wouldn't care. It's not that I was. It's not that everything yeah. was okay. I just didn't care that everything was wrong. And right. that's something that kind right. of resonated with me about like, oh well, yeah, I guess it's all fucked." And I didn't deal with any of the things that are that had happened to me or any of the things that had hurt me or harmed me or scarred me in some way. But I just didn't have to feel them, at least temporarily. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh. like uh, it's like swimming under the sea during a storm, right? Because when you're under the water, everything's placid, <laughs> and then you come up for air, and everything's a shit show. You know, it's the same with drinking. It's like you go through these blackouts and these four-day drunks, five-day binges or whatever, and it's when you start sobering up and coming into the hangover, and everything is bullshit, and you want to get back under the water again, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. Ah. No, I like that. Like you're coming up, you're coming up for air. You shit. think you're coming up for air, and then it's yeah. just stormy, and you're like, and "Oh it's god, all I gotta bullshit. get back underwater." Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta get back down there because then I don't give a shit what's happening above me if I'm safe down here. But you're not safe down there because you're under the water. Mm-hmm. You're gonna drown, dog. Yeah, yeah, that too. That's at least um, how I picture it in my mind, right? Like that that blanket, like that blanket of just no, just not give a fuck. The fuck it bucket, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we come, we, I, so I think that we're born, I'm born as a, as a flawed human being. So then you add upon that all those other things that had happened to me. And, um, and then alcohol is this, this fix. And as we both know, it, it did work for a while. There were times that were really mm-hmm. positive, that felt good, that were, that were fun and that were exciting and then it stops working and i think one of the tricky things for me with alcohol that i found is that um it's that little that little trick right so it says oh well it stops working but it doesn't you're not able to to realize that in time to do anything about it by the time i had realized that alcohol didn't work anymore it was too late and alcohol had already told me, nope, this is just what we do. I'm the only thing that's going to fix you. You just need to get more. And just feeding that fucking habit every single day, every single morning, you know, finding a way to feed that habit or yeah. or being being in a perpetual fear of not being able to, you know, feed the habit. You talk about going trying to go to the liquor store before Sundays. You tell that story about making sure you just stock up because... Yeah, dude. You need it for the weekend. Well, you definitely need it for Sunday because the liquor store is mm-hmm. closed on Sunday in Oregon. Yeah. I don't know if they do anymore, though. I've been out the game for a minute, but they might have changed <laughs> the rules on me. Um, But I would even, I mean, you didn't even, but you wouldn't drink beer, so you had to make sure that the whiskey was there. Um, Whiskey. So- yeah, because, yeah, beer's just a walk. That's a walk. I need to run. <laughs> yes, you need to run. Um, yeah. yeah. So... So those pieces, so, so those pieces, I, I thought that I had collected them together and I thought that I had found like this, this solution to all these broken pieces. Right. Um, but as yeah. you can recount and even in our, even in our best days drinking together, that my behavior was probably less than would seem like less than I then put together. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny as it might have been, but um, I don't know how. What am I trying to say here? Like that point where you're like, "This isn't working anymore. We should try something different." It never occurred to me to try something different, so I just repeated, 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 repeated. Um, did you ever? in your drinking up until before you said i'm gonna quit did you ever think there was a moment where you were like man maybe i should really quit for good before that 
Did you like have any sort of, you know, no pun intended, like a dry run of sobriety besides breaking your leg? <laughs> no, no, no. But I, every morning I'd wake up, I'd think maybe I should. Oh, shit. Every morning I would wake up and think maybe I should quit for good. Mm. And then I would start drinking again. I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's not hard, actually. You would understand it. The compulsion of the thing, sometimes uh, it just would happen without me thinking about doing it. Like, I would just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just do it. Like, maybe, number one, the first one, I would make a physical choice to get up and do it. But I really honestly felt like a puppet. Like, there were times where I felt like I was just in a fugue state where I was just pouring. I'd walk over to where I kept it and then pour it and then just turn back around and go back on the couch and get a cigarette and then be like, when the fuck did I get up? And I'm not, like, trying to say that it was all out of my hands because I'm responsible for my actions, you know. I'm... I'm capable of understanding what I'm doing is not working, but I would still keep doing it. So it's, it's to you, it's not hard to explain because you understand it. But for me to explain it to someone who hasn't experienced that, they think I'm like full of shit or maybe they're just think I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Because like, mm-hmm. man, I never did take dry runs, but I guess the, the tangent, the, the path I'm trying to go down at this moment is that a lot of people have a big problem with the word powerless in the literature and the 12-step program that we go to, right? And they don't, they don't fucking jive with that. And I get it. I fucking absolutely get it. But I was absolutely – maybe I wasn't powerless over the first one, but I was definitely powerless over like the second, third, fourth, fifth until I fell asleep, you know? Yeah. So, and it, yeah, I had no ch- – I had a choice, but I had no choice. It's hard to explain it. To, to to verbalize it so to me there was never a choice to take a break because the break was just gonna fucking end anyway so what's it worth you know like mm-hmm. two days of feeling super uncomfortable just to get back on the fucking pony again you know what i'm saying like those two days weren't worth it fuck it i'm here to just keep doing this until i die or i figure it out you know and i don't know i guess i've i don't know if i figured it out i think i figured it out i hope i figured it out how about that you know you mean you mean this time around? I'm doing all right, you know. This time around because this was the first real time in earnest. There was no ever ride. There was no dry run. There was like a three day dry run, which I've talked about in the podcast before. But that was all half hearted. Like my wife and I got in this mm-hmm. huge fight, and she was ready to leave my ass. She was ready to leave me a couple times, man. But there was just this one time where we had hit our lowest. That was like rock bottom number fucking one hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a rock bottom <laughs> yes, like any I other, do. but. But I mean, at that point, I thought, well, enough is enough. But it didn't last long because I had convinced myself by like the it was like 48 hours. And at the end of that 48 hours, I'd convinced myself that this time would be different. I'll be fine. I got this, dude. I'll just I'll just I just won't drink as much, you know. And so in earnest, instead of drinking a whole fifth every night, I would drink like maybe half the fifth or a quarter of the fifth. But the whole time I'm drinking a quarter of the fifth, I'm just wishing I could drink the whole fucking fifth, you know? Mm-hmm. Controlled drinking was... No, man, but... but uh, Yeah. Um, that's the most broken I ever felt other than early sobriety. So so then let's... Controlled drinking and early sobriety. Let me... Can I ask you to kind of just briefly lay out the things that... Not within you that were broken. Um, because I really, I really do feel like as human beings we're pretty flawed and that to to sit here and pick apart right. the things that I may or may not have have going well for myself or the things that I don't do or, or the behaviors uh-huh. I need to change but like so 
if you could just pinpoint a few of the things that you had through your drinking had in your life affected and thereby broken, like whether um, relationship, job, car, whatever. Oh, man, I got a string of fucking ex-girlfriends that love to be on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do, man. I was horrible in relationships, and I was obsessive in relationships, and I was manipulative. I was a fucking mess, dude. I I fucked with a lot of girls, dude, and I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't have. But, I mean, it's funny, man, because when we think – when I. Uh, when I picture the word broken, I don't think of like a mirror, right? I don't think of something in a lot of pieces that needs to be reassembled and put back together in some semblance of its form before. Like when I think of something broken, I think of like your computer right now. It's not functioning the way it should be. Do you know what I mean? Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like a wheel on a fucking bicycle that's flat, you know, like this thing is not functioning the way it needs to be functioning. So when I think, when I came into uh, early recovery broken, I was like, Uh, There may be hope for me. There may not be hope for me. But at this moment, I am not functioning the way I I should be functioning, you know, physically and emotionally. Now, as far as like the list of things, I mean, I did. I ran the fucking gauntlet just like probably any other drunk did, you know, like I fucking super in debt, ruined a bunch of relationships, like tried to kill myself, like wanted to kill other people, you know, was physically violent with other people, you know, had physical violence put upon me. A bunch of shit did up so much graffiti and broke so many i mean you know like i i don't and now as an adult i think of this poor guy who owns like a fucking pet store in tucson in 1993 just trying to make a living coming into work the next day right and i've just like obliterated the front of his business just tagging all over the damn thing and i never did that to a pet store just using it as an example but you know, just the thing. I didn't care about anything or anyone. It was just all about me. And there, I think there is also the common, um, the, the the common trope of the alcoholic or the addict just being like, it's all about getting that drink. Where I was just like, yeah, it is, but it's also just about me not feeling like me. That's my biggest priority right now. Is I don't want to feel like me anymore. So what can I do to make me not feel like me? And so they show it a lot in like movies, TV shows, stories. They're just like, I'm just, uh, I just got to get that booze. And I'm like, listen, man, if anything will do, I prefer to be booze because there's less of a chance of me overdosing, which there was just as much as anything else. But in my mm-hmm. mind, alcohol was safer than fucking heroin or crystal meth. At least crystal, at least with alcohol, I got fat and I broke out <laughs> and I couldn't run upstairs. <laughs> but I thought, well, if I smoke meth, all my teeth will fall out and I'll get fucking acne everywhere yeah. and shit. Do you know what right. I mean? So I had to weigh out all those options. And alcohol worked. It was like the magic fucking spark, man. But, um, I mean, yeah, the, I've, I think I've just about broken everything a fucking any other drunk would break, you know? Like, I definitely compromised a lot of shit. I had to build up a lot of trust with people I really cared about. And there were people who just gave up on me, too. So I didn't really have to build up trust to them because they already gave up on me. So, I don't know, sorry. <laughs> with sincerity yeah. though i mean it was sincerity you know but yeah no and there i people know gave up i know on me i mean who, you know through through their through you know through their interest back into me again you know and, and had faith in me once i fucking you know got my shit together you know and when you when you prove that real change is possible it is in the know. moment right because that's all i really have is this moment i mean i can't tell mm-hmm. you five years from now I'm not going to be doing a fucking whiskey connoisseur podcast. I would prefer not to because I'm really enjoying the way I'm doing this now. And I'm very, very happy. And I don't think I'd be happy doing a whiskey connoisseur podcast. You know? No. 
right now in this moment as i'm sitting here with you you know like the rest of it right exactly the first 10 minutes would be gold and then the next because it'd be about a six hour podcast (laughs) you'd fall asleep somewhere in there yes fall Um, asleep i'd just leave the podcast running and go play video games and cry and watch Mm -hmm. porn or something (laughs) they also talk about um in the 12 steps making amends being a part of repairing this thing when you i like your analogy of like no it's it's not we're not shattering mirrors although you know i mean that may happen in some instances but if you just look at your life oh yeah yeah you know if i look at my life as a bicycle that needs some needs some better tuning that it's not it's not it's not so when i make amends it's not just saying i'm sorry to my ex-girlfriend or um you know to the pet shop boys the pet store owner and um right but we do and the pet shop boys. and the pet shop boys uh you know for me it was also about um paying back debts that i had you know money um and also repairing my brain yeah. like really getting to a point where i can realize my bad behavior before it affects the people around me and then ultimately my own life you know that's been mm-hmm. that's been the biggest and hardest thing and taken the longest over the last four years um is finding you know because i can say i'm sorry and i can go make money and i can go give it to somebody and i think those are both very important things you know um replacing things that you may have actually destroyed um you know, going a lot of people, I fortunately, and I am so grateful I didn't have to go through any sort of court system, but people do all these kinds of yeah, things and making too. amends. Um, the thing that has been huge is is also making amends to myself and really yeah, finding dude. a way to forgive myself and learn about myself and see those things when, um, and it was hard. Like yesterday, I was in a really bad mood, like a bad mood, like I just wanted to fucking give up kind of bad mood. You know, it was like, what's the yeah. point? Why am I trying so hard? Nobody cares. Um, all these things that I know are not true, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I go, okay, okay, okay. So take a deep breath. Oh, gee, well, guess what? The good news is I reached out to a friend of mine, and he's like, He's like, the good news is we're all going to die. So um, maybe you should get some perspective. And I think yeah. he was much kinder about it than that. But that was the gist of, of what yeah. he was saying. And I didn't find it helpful yesterday. I was like, ah, fuck you and your fucking perspective, you know. I don't need your, right. yeah, you got it so good. You don't know how bad I got it. And one of the things, yeah, no although idea. it didn't help in the moment your and right away. castle. <laughs> exactly. I was like, um you know, okay, so this is just that bad, That's this is just that stinking thinking, right? And it's gonna pass, yeah. and, um, but you, I would, I recognized it. Even if I couldn't change it, that step of being able to recognize it and not um, jump on the impulse to react to it in a negative way by either, um, by, well, by drinking or hurting myself. Yeah or taking it out on somebody yep. I care about because they're worried about me or want, hey how you doing I'm like I'm not doing well oh what's wrong you don't want to hear about it oh come on well let me fucking tell you how shitty life is today and they're like oh did you yeah did you wake up in a warm bed did you uh did you 
Did you get to use a toilet with clean water? Did you, um, was there food, good food that you liked? Did you enjoy your, you know? And so when I start breaking down this list of things, um, I'm able to see how in, in what's the opposite of disrepair in, you know, it, how, how highly functioning my life repair. is today. <laughs> repair. Or yeah. How, 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 how highly functioning things opposite, are. But... I don't know what the opposite yeah. of disrepair. If you're out there, let me know. I'm, I should probably function. Writer, I yeah. Know send us, op- send us a thesaurus dictionary.com. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the thing that, that I helps at least, slowly bring me back to a better perspective on things is looking at the things again we we've i think i've said this the the idea that you can't be you can't be fearful and depressed or you can't be fearful in the same or angry in the same moment that you are or resentful in the same moment that you are grateful the two cannot exist at the same time that's an important thing right and that's what i was going to say as far as when I get in that headspace, I try to find something I'm grateful for, which sounds corny as fuck, but it's the truth, man. If I can find one fucking thing to be grateful for, then I can maybe set off a chain reaction of other things that I could be grateful for. So in the moment, I'm frustrated, incredibly angry. I haven't eaten. You know, I need – it's just like our halt episode. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to the halt. Hungry, angry, only tired, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the moment, I try to fix those things and then – if none of that works, I need to sit down and try. Even if I can be grateful just for the fact that I can sit here and be pissed off without somebody coming by and clubbing me over the head. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's one thing. I, yeah. If it starts yeah. it, even if the it's a ridiculous fucking um, thought like that, if it just starts it down that path, man. I want to just go real quick to that, what you said about the halt. And I, I think it's, yeah, go check out that episode, of course. But, um, and what Jerry said, the hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, these are... These are big. I mean, these are big triggers for anybody to to um, to right. fly off the handle or go into any sort of impulsive behavior, whether it's drinking or drugs or eating or gambling or cutting yourself or just snapping at the person that you live with. You know, just being like, overall negative. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being overall a detriment to someone else's life. Yeah. Um, and those Snickers commercials are really true. I mean, well, they could. I mean, it's nobody's. You know wrapping their car around a telephone pole in a Snickers commercial. But the point is still the same. Like this little thing, like I am hungry and I don't, I don't check it out or I am lonely. So I should reach out to somebody I care about. I am tired. So I should take a nap. Mm -hmm. I am angry. And you go, well, that's probably for me. One of the hardest ones is getting angry, trying to figure out why I'm angry and then calming the fuck down, you know, hitting the pause button and somebody i heard somebody last week say that they were talking about having like 20 years sobriety and they said you know you get one second of pause for every year of sobriety basically saying that if something's bothering you i like that one you don't like that one no i do like that one i just probably cut out when i said it yeah i've heard it though it's a it's a yeah it's i like it yeah so i was thinking oh so that means I get four seconds. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So whenever something yeah. is troubling me and traffic, you know, living in California is always an issue. And it's like, okay, well, four seconds is a good long time. So finding those things that, that, set, that can set you off, you know, is something that I 
um, or finding ways to combat that. So for me, it's that it's that yeah. pause. For me, it's just it's following through the whole pattern of thought all the way down to like whether I want to drink or not. You know, um, if I'm yeah. going to oh, if I feel bad and then I'm going to go get a drink and then well, I get a I'm not going to go to the bar and get a drink. I might run into somebody I know, so I got to go quickly to some. I got to go to the corner store that's in the other town and get a handle of vodka and get some beer and um you know how much am i going to drink and how am i going to feel and then like well i got to talk to jerry and then i got to talk to my girlfriend and then like i'm trying and then i go that's just going to be an absolute fucking disaster for everybody involved right so what i'll do instead is go for a walk i think i've said this a lot before too but um (laughs) get outside um meditate for people who can't for people who can't meditate um just sit for a second uh and kind of find that place where you can get back to the it's just daily maintenance right the, the bicycle's broken you got to you got to fix it and you got to keep right. it tuned up um you got to lube that chain up dude you got to make sure gotta, there's air in the tires you know got to you got to lube the chain uh you got yeah it's true i mean it's absolutely yeah. true so what is what does that mean put putting air in the tires what is what is your daily you know pressure check well um right how do i feel did i did i get my exercise that i that i like to get today did i did i eat well or did i eat shitty i mean if it's a car and you you don't put fucking you try to put leaded fuel in there or something like that maybe you maybe you need to run on premium so whatever it is right and finding those Get things, and for me, gas, girl. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, it's just finding those things that work and finding those things that don't work and discarding the ones that don't and moving on. So, You're right. um, I, and, and making amends, I, th- I mean, there's still people on the list, like weird, weird people that people I worked with years ago that I was like, I was kind of an asshole and it always, it'll pop up every once in a while. And, and so you know, I'm not yeah. seeking those people out, but I'm certainly with some of them. I'm willing to make the amends should I ever, you know, come across them. And it's like, okay, well, that's that's good. Just keep that in your mind, keep that in your heart, and uh, just be ready when you run into them on the street one day to just kind of move through that. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's how I look at it. I don't know that those people are actually going to show up. But um, you never know. So how do you, never you, do. you, never how do you, you like approach making amends? Um, I try to make them in the moment now, dude. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I uh, don't really – I kind of follow a similar path as you or a similar way of going about it, except I don't know if that's the path I'd recommend or the way I'd recommend to anybody out there listening. But I just – if I come across the person – I apologize, you know, but it's usually I try my hardest in the moment, but I'm not perfect, man. I, I still act like a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? I still get upset. I still get angry. If I haven't eaten by two, everybody can fucking kiss my ass. You know what I mean? Like, I really am like that, you know, and it's hard for people. It's hard for me because I feel poisoned the whole time I'm doing it. But I feel like shit because I haven't eaten by two. So I got to tell my counter guy, like, look, don't make me any appointments by two because I need to eat or I'm going to be intolerable. There's nothing I can do about that. It's just the way my body works, you know. 
but uh, I usually mm-hmm. try in the moment, you know. I, oh, f- I can see it now, like almost immediately. I don't die on principle anymore. I fucking hate the principle, right? <laughs> okay. Like the whole idea of fucking, I hate the principle. That's the principle of the thing. Well, fuck the principle of the thing because all you're doing is fighting on a hill that you're, is that your hill you're willing to die on? Like, I just, I dislike mm-hmm. that. I like feel really passionately about that because I'm like, the principle of nothing gets you nothing. And so yeah. for me to be resentful over the principle of nothing is to be resentful over nothing. So a lot of my resentments and a lot of me acting like an asshole to people has usually been about the principle of the thing or the way I feel like my ego has been hurt. And so I, I crack it open like in that moment and I go, oh shit, you know, what? why'd you get mad, Jerry? Oh, well, it hurt my ego and it made me look stupid in front of everybody. Well, why did it make you look, you know, why does that make you feel bad? And I'm like, well, I don't want, you know, whatever. I crack it all open. I, you know, throw a little four-step sauce on that shit. And then in the when I try to find the appropriate time to talk to the person and say, look, man, I acted like an asshole and I'm sorry. And I remember my old sponsor told me, it's not about just saying you're sorry about the thing you did. It's about not doing that thing you did again after you said you're sorry and i love that right because it's it is it's the fucking why didn't anybody teach me that you know like if you apologize for you know cheating on your girlfriend and she forgives you don't fucking cheat on her again do you know what i'm saying or be like yo i don't like having sex with you anymore i'm gonna break up with you or whatever reason you cheat on them for but no one ever I, i never learned that that sorry wasn't just something you said so your parents would get off your ass or you know whatever so I, I always try to apply that in my life. I But I still fuck up. I still do the same shit sometimes over and over again, and I'm learning. It's like I'm learning while I'm doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not like kung fu where I studied it for years and I'm waiting for that one <laughs> fight where I get to do all the kung fu. It's like I'm learning kung fu while I'm fighting the entire time, and it's, it fucking sucks. Mm. But but it's also mm-hmm. really rewarding because I, be a, a, I got to be an adult. I got to be a caring, kind human being. Even though those actions came from me acting like a total fucking flaming ass. You know, it's really weird. It's it's a weird dichotomy we live yeah. in, John. Very strange. Yeah. I I uh I was all I always felt when I was drinking, when I was an act of alcoholism, that I was always really good with apologies, which wasn't true. I just thought yeah. I was because I did them a lot. And not just in like relationships, but friendships and jobs and anybody with any mm-hmm. kind of authority in my life i was constantly there with an apology and an excuse and it just repeated over and over and over and over again like ad nauseum yes yeah and Uh that's why i thought i was good at them but now i almost don't the the behavior has changed i don't do those things anymore and i think that that's that's again that's a huge um that's just a big point that you make is that you can say you're sorry, but it doesn't really matter, does it, Jerry, unless you change the behavior. So I go, okay, well, right. what did I apologize? What did I apologize for this time? Okay, so how am I going to, again, you know, break it down? How am I going to change this behavior? How am I not going to either A, allow this thing to cause a resentment in me from this person? 
Um, am I going to say, hey, this really, like, communicate? Am I going to say, hey, this really hurt my feelings, and I'm sorry I didn't say anything at the time, and I'm sorry I waited three months until there was a really important moment, and then this thing happened again, and then I blew up in your face, and I ruined your big night, or whatever it is. I'm using a very hypothetical situation here. Um, right, I understand, though, yeah. But stopping that and and communicating with the with the person or even the thing the inanimate object that that gives you resentment whether it's your your car or you know whatever it mm-hmm. is the stupid pillow like i don't fucking hate these pillows man i just well i should just go to target and get some new pillows and stop you know messing with them but um just figuring yeah. these things out i don't i mean if you have resentment towards your pillows i understand that's all i'm saying um, but just throw them in the yard. Fuck them. Just throw them in the throw trash. them pillows on the roof. Fuck them. <laughs> throw them in the pool. <laughs> throw, throw your pillows in the, in the my pool. Yard pillows. <laughs> yeah. That's, these pillows make the yard more comfy, except they're mm-hmm. not comfy. So fuck those pillows. Yeah. Pillows make the yard more comfy. Yeah. So <sighs> I have to, ch- I have to change my behavior. And then I even get to the point where I get resentful of having to change my fucking behavior. You're like, why am I the one who always Absolutely. has to change? Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, one of my greatest hits. Uh-huh. Why am I the one who always has to change? And I... Yeah. <sighs> so I breathe deep and I go, I say to myself, you're the one who always has to change because you are the only thing you are in control of. I'm not in control Absolutely. of how other people, yeah. how they behave around me. If I'm in an intimate relationship with somebody, I can have that discussion and let them know honestly and openly that maybe something that they do or say hurts me in a way that that I can't continue to tolerate. And that's fine. That's just, yeah, what, laying boundaries down in a healthy, loving relationship? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, Damn. What's that? No, I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> so it's true. It's true, Love you, so Megan. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I just, uh, it's just about being able to, like you said, in the moment, I'm angry, I'm, I'm resentful, and um, not letting it erode what is um, potentially the best I've ever lived. It is the best I've ever lived. Today is the best day I've yeah. ever lived, because it's what the only day I have, and I'm sober. And I know that sounds corny, Pretty much, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I'm there with but, you. And we're this. I guess this whole broken thing—they're expecting like how to deal with feeling awful in early recovery, and we're like, "This is the best day we've ever had." You fucking assholes, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, sorry, did I yell too loud on that one? No. Well, we'll, we'll find out when I. Uh, oh. when you know I what together. I was thinking too, John. What? What's that? You're gonna edit that one down? Yeah. No, we'll uh, see. I was thinking earlier when you were saying that you were really good at apologizing, and I was like, "That's really funny that you thought you were so good." Like you're, you're like, "This is a good quality of mine is that I'm good at apologizing, not realizing that you were fucking up so much that you were getting all this practice apologizing because you were exactly. always fucking up." Yeah, like yeah. your mind never thought like maybe I should stop fucking up so much so I don't have to apologize all the time. And you're just like, "Man, I'm killing it with these apologies, man." Mm-hmm. You know. Did I tell That's you the thing funny. from was it last week? Yeah, the the thing about the goals and behaviors. Did I tell you that last week? Mm-mm. That an alcoholic will change mm. change their change their goals to meet their behaviors yeah. and a normal person will change their behaviors to yes. meet their goals. 
So it's just that slippery, yeah, you know, you talk about that slippery week. slope about like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh, well, I don't I don't really need to drive anymore. I can just ride my bike around, you know. Oh, I don't I, I don't really need to live in a house. Around, right. Yeah. So I can but just yeah, live out it, with them yard pillows. Um, when we I constantly <laughs> when I constantly I'm now I'm starting to think like it would be nice. Like you bring a pillow to the beach or something like I don't know if there's like a product out there. Right. Like the maybe something it's that would be wouldn't like a water. It has to be sandproof. Like a waterproof pillow for the beach. Or you could just put your pillow. You can just put your pillow in a garbage bag, <laughs> and then tape it shut. I guess that's get a, Walter on this. You get Walter on this. I guess that's um. He's the. I guess that's he's what the man who makes it happen. Are, right. That's. <laughs> yeah, that's a beach pillow. It's an inflatable thing. We have mm-hmm. not cracked any new ground on this. Not yeah. at all. Um, back to oh, the drawing man. board. Um, yeah, but I guess yeah, back to I, old boring alcoholism. <laughs> um, finding those resentments and be and and repairing my life, and I go, okay, well, what do I have to work on tomorrow? And it's exhausting sometimes too. And I get I get resentful at how much yeah. I have to work on myself. Like I know this is getting kind of weird and sort of layered and and you know turned in on itself, but that's how I feel sometimes. And in those moments, I really have to like go. You know what? It's okay. Um, you don't have to like have all of this finished today or tomorrow or next Friday, and you probably won't ever. Um, and uh, I was thinking about something like, you know, putting up promos on Instagram and being behind on like the YouTube videos. Um, which, by the way, for you yeah. folks out there, um, I've only got like sixteen, nine subscribers or something like that. So if you want to make, me I'm happy, one of them. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would get all caught up in like what I had to do and I had to keep up on this. And, and I was like, when the fuck did the internet become my boss that doesn't pay me? You know, like that's not Word. what life is about. And so, Mm-mm. or or all the stuff, the other work that I do on myself and all the stuff, all the journaling and all the, you know, I, I say self-discovery and I know that you, you know, you imagine like a postcard with a sunset and standing on the edge of a beach or a cliff or something like that. And the fucking self-discovery is usually me with a legal pad and a list of questions I have to try and answer. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of shit that I'm doing and, and I get tired and you're of probably, it. You're probably wearing some, you're probably wearing some fucked up shorts too. Cause <laughs> yes. I know about you and your shorts, dude. Oh man. Yes. It's They're not getting pretty, better, is what you're saying. but yes, yeah. I, it's not pretty. They are yeah. getting better. But I used to wear some fucked up shorts, and I didn't care. I had some rainbow, like they weren't rainbow; no. they were like red, blue, yellow, and green. Like they were checker. I don't know. It was, I don't know. I, they were wrong. There was, and there was those old burgundy ones that were threadbare that I love so much. Yes, <laughs> you yes. remember those? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, just buy fucking pants, dude. What are you doing? This is a fucking no, accident. Man. I was free. I was free. But yeah, so that's what you the self-discovery for me is. Is, <laughs> is. And I just get exhausted. So I go, you know what? I'm putting it all away for a little while. You know, and you know what? Yes. Instagram can fucking yeah. wait. Um, even, even fixing myself can fucking wait because I just want to like play some video games and not think about anything and maybe even watch a whole entire movie without it you know so i think that's an important part too of continuing to fix myself is you know one of the things uh the dimitri fuchs that that i interviewed uh recently 
and he said he was talking about physical exercise and he said I was like, what kind of exercise should I do? And he, his answer was, do the one that you will do every day. So if it's walking, then do that one. If it's sit-ups, then do that one. If it's swimming, yeah. do that one. So whatever it is. So when I find that I'm overwhelmed and I start to do the shit fuck stack, are you familiar with that one? That Reggie Watts oh, yeah. song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the shit fuck mm-hmm. stack. And I'm like, okay, I just need to step away from it, take a breath, because I want to continue this journey of self-discovery jerry <laughs> mm-hmm. i do i really I do you like i know it cos- sounds corny again <laughs> you're a discover not yeah a discover not the sober not hey did i did you hear me i know we were cutting out really bad earlier pre the pre-recording but did, i i ran i almost ran an entire mile the other day which is a big deal to me that's huge because usually i can only i can only run a quarter mile and then i stop because i feel like i'm gonna die and i ran almost the entire four laps you know like around a track i made three laps i made a running mix i'm gonna send it to you it's on spotify yeah um that's awesome i mean yeah. that wouldn't that wasn't possible that <laughs> wasn't possible a month like, ago no it was totally impossible a month ago it wasn't even thinkable a year ago you know so but what he said is do the exercise every day that you enjoy doing right and that's that you'll do every day because i liked Pick it one, i heard it. It i was so yeah. fucking sore Um, but I think that's awesome. And I I know that for me, like, I love the analogy of the physical health that I've been, you know, the fitness that I have been witnessing, witness Mm. the fitness, (laughs) witness witness the fitness, dude, that's new t-shirts coming, witness the fitness. (laughs) So I I find it to be a good analogy for my, (laughs) for my sobriety. You know, when I I go like, this wasn't possible a month ago, so what's going to be possible next month? Mm -hmm. And when I feel like I'm stagnant or that I'm not not losing the weight that I'm I'm supposed to or all this stuff, it's like, well, you know what, man? You can't – you have to look at it. I have to look at it from far up back. I have to pull all the way back and go, there's – there's there's me right now and then there's the guy in September and October and like next summer and what is next summer going to look like Jerry it's going to be fucking awesome so yeah you're going to be ripped you're going to be ripped that's how i fuck, look at dude. it dude ripped mm-hmm. yoked um strapped you're going to be you're going to have to start buying tight t-shirts dude <laughs> rolling Real up the tight sleeves ribs, t-shirts oiling up you're have to start wearing know. skinny jeans dude Oiling up. We get oh. you some Levi's five thirteens, dude. Five eleven. Are those the skinny? Nice are those tight? I get, I get some five oh nines. Are those too tight? I call them the stupid sexy Flanders, dude. No, five oh nines are normal, dude. It's the five elevens. The stupid sexy oh. Flanders, dude. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Dude. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Oh. Stupid sexy Flanders. But yeah, I use it as a good barometer. It, it or a good analogy, I should say, not barometer. Yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. it. it feels good but a mile's awesome dude like that's and almost almost there i was thinking of you the entire time too i really was i was like almost if i could do this mile and you I know what and here's another and thing right. and here's no and here's another analogy another three, so yeah well a couple of things i'll tell you one um not that you're asking me for advice but i'm apparently very willing to no, give it. <laughs> but let's do it though let's chop it um, up but <laughs> but uh 
if you slow down, even if you feel like you're like, I need to run this whole thing. If you just find like, if you slow down, right. you can go further and your time will end up, not that you're timing yourself necessarily, but your time will be faster anyway, uh, because you won't like stop and like double over right. and heave and be like, Oh God. So whenever I, even when I catch myself feeling good out there and I'm running, I slow myself down. I go, this feels really good, but how long can you do it? Because I'm in, I'm in it for the endurance, right? So just like my sobriety, right? Um, I'm in it for the endurance. So if I'm going too fast, even if it feels good, I go, okay, let's slow it down because I wanna, I don't wanna run out of gas. You know, I'm not trying to empty the tank. I'm not trying to blow the doors off anything right now. I'm just trying to find a nice, yeah. steady pace for. I want to get to the next mile and not be worn out. And I, I really have to remind myself of that in my sobriety and self-discovery and fucking everything else that I do, you know? (laughs) So great recovery metaphors. This is a great fucking (laughs) analogy, a metaphor for recovery. It really is, dude. Don't blow the doors off it. Don't quit smoking. Don't quit meat. Don't quit sugar all at the same time. Take it easy. Take it easy. Easy does it. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's those, um, what is it that, uh, Mishka Shubali called them? He said, he said those banal cross stitch platitudes or those, the banal cross stitch sayings are all true. And I love that because it's true. All the things that we roll our eyes at and all the things that we go, good Lord, if I have to see another fucking, um, inspirational quote on a, you know, stupid instagram post like i'm just gonna eh, you know like but it's so true easy does it and when i'm so glad i'm so glad that we we had this talk and i just you know figured some shit out i mean that's what this is all about right now just about that easy does it is you know jerry and i don't always have like we don't have our outline for what we're going to talk about and sometimes we just kind of go into it never really worried because my no, we never. No, we've never had an outline. I've had notes. Well, at least we've I had, don't. We've had yeah. notes, but um, um, but I just show. That's up. the great thing, and then, <laughs> but then, but then to come to a realization like this, and I go, well, John, why don't if you're yeah. so good at it with this one thing, then just apply those rules and those steps to this other thing when it doesn't work, and you're like, oh, okay, right. Mm-hmm. So easy does right. it, Jerry. Easy you don't have does to be broken. It you're just a human. No, you I'm don't. I'm human. And, and if you're in early right. recovery and you're, yeah, I do. Just like anybody else does, <laughs> except he's creepy now. I feel bad. Yeah. But if you're in early recovery and feeling broken too, it's okay. We all fucking felt that way. And you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. I promise you, you'll be all right. You just got to keep working at it. You can put it together. It may take a long ass time. It may take a little time, but man, I felt so broken when I came to those rooms. And I remember hearing a young guy share mm-hmm. who was super fucking early, like super wet behind the ears, like just right out of the rain. And he was like, man, I, f- I don't know if it's possible to feel any more broken. And I'm like, no, nah, probably not, dude, but you'll be all right. I promise you, you just stick with it. You know, absolutely. And Morrissey is super creepy now on yeah. top of that. Why? I don't Why know. Why is Morrissey being like that? Uh, it's just old. But this isn't really the Jerry Jerry (laughs) reconciling with old yeah with old Morrissey podcast. This is open recovery, dog. You'll be all right. That's up next. Even Um, you, Morrissey, you're forgivable, Morrissey. Just get your shit together. No, yeah. Say you're sorry and change your behavior. So, so thank you guys for letting us uh, 
yeah thanks work through some shit on the air <laughs> so right I hope this would this be great helps. i hope john puts a picture up on instagram of this computer oh, computer because it is a... <laughs> i'll talk I'll about the... fixing something that's broken i'll, <laughs> I'll put the picture up <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>